0: Welcome to the Tribal Podcast, the show that gives you news content by regular people for regular people. Today, we're um, joined the the company with a chap called Ian Munro, who is the what's your role in the in the campaign? Actually, Ian, is it?
1: You, I guess you'd call me with my wife, the co-founder of the campaign and the co-founder
0: project. of the campaign called Future Voices. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it, uh, Ian?
1: Future Voices is a new approach um, to take to um, demonstrating to people how. Scotland will benefit from being independent. Um, There's a story behind how it came about, but fundamentally it's a series of video clips of people speaking to us from the future. These are ordinary Scottish citizens living in the future independent Scotland. So the the, the referendum or the election or whatever has happened. Um, We have a currency, surprise, surprise, like every other country. We have borders, we have um, trade relations, and we're an ordinary country. At last, a normal country. Independence is normal after all. And this is showing people, attempting to show people, what the normal independent
0: Scotland looks like. What's abnormal about the current situation?
1: Well, predominantly, I I guess you could (laughs) say predominantly, I I could list about 10 things there. At the moment, we don't have control of our own affairs. We don't have accurate reporting of what's happening in the country. Um our exor- our resources are being um used by others without us getting any uh, benefit in return. And to add insult to injury, um we are continually, I think the expression now is gaslit in the media about how we're actually not capable of being a country on our own, um which is 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 most aggravating, I think
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what was your inspiration for the for the project, Ian?
1: My wife Joyce and I, um, round about the end of last year just felt, you know what? Well, two things really. We felt at the end of last year there's a lack of motivation in the movement. There's not much happening, there's no deadline of, of any kind looming on the horizon, like an election or so on. And it was difficult to find even even long-term um activists in the in the movement were getting a little bit jaded, we felt. And around that time, my wife went for a walk with her younger son, James. And uh, talking about independence as they do, and James is very keen on independence. And he said that, he said to my wife, yeah, it, independence, We I, I know intuitively it's going to be better, and I hear all the time it's going to be better, but what does it actually look like? And, and, and we described that as the light bulb moment. And uh, we talked about that that evening and thought, why don't we try and show what it's going to look like? so we had a bit of a cast around to see has anybody done it already couldn't find anything and uh, chatted to a few folks in the local independence hub um and they were just kind of like lit up by the idea and we thought yeah we may have something here so we formed a small team and started working the project back in january
0: nice and what's your own story why do you support independence so much
1: Probably like a lot of people, I was kind of politically illiterate until all of a sudden, back in 2014, the opportunity came to have our own country, or have our have our country under our own control. And the despite all the negative, in some ways, because of all the negativity um, about how we couldn't possibly do it because we're too, you know, the usual, me you know, too wee, too small, too stupid. I just thought that's not right. So I probably did more looking for. Further information than I'd ever done before out with the mass media. And I realized, hey, we're being sold up up here. And uh I realized at that stage that we could were perfectly capable independent. And indeed, we should be independent. It was time. And uh back in 2014, we hadn't yet had the full um I, let me think of the expression, the the cat the catastrophic accumulated years of government by Westminster that we've had. More recently,
0: uh, one thing that I picked up on when watching the videos and for anyone listening, you can find the videos uh, on YouTube uh, predominantly is there any other channels that you have the videos on Ian?
1: No, not right now, but uh, we're looking at to uh, we're evolving all the time
0: working on it um one thing I the the immediate feeling that I got Ian uh, and so Melissa all that i I voted for independence back in 2014. Was that a lot of the messages within the videos kind of recaptured what the the independence movement was about back then? You know this this idea of of democracy, and it it was it was a hopeful message. You could you could you could see big change in Scotland. You get know, a, a compassionate politics for your fellow Scot. Less about power and more about people. Do you think that the independence movement's lost its way a little bit?
1: no i i don't think it has um i i, I think the, the the videos when we when we before getting onto that very difficult question i'm gonna buy myself some thinking time and, and take you back <laughs> to where we went it might help to explain it. actually the when we got together as a small team um back in back at the start of the year to put the to attack this whole project we we decided that the first thing we needed to do was agree a set of principles because it's just a huge thing we were looking at. Um, We got as far as deciding, yes, we definitely want video clips, but we decided they had to be non-party political because every pro-independence party should support the kind of Scotland we wanted to show. They weren't gonna get bogged down in, are we going to use the pound, the dollar, the euro, the Scottish groat, because every country's got currency and we would too. <laughs> so it's not glossing it over. It's just stating that from, from my point of view, bleeding obvious. But one, one of them was that, uh, that actually evolves the principle as we went was that we should stick to good old Scottish values. And recognise that Scotland's a different country to the country that's governing us at the moment in terms of what it values. You know, as an example, there's a lot of talk now about the well-being economy and that. I don't know how often we specifically mention that in the clips, but it's an undercurrent running right underneath them that there are more important things in life than just making more and more money. The health of the population, the the, the, the happiness of the population and the opportunities available to all are, are all part of what is important to Scots in general, we think, perhaps a wee bit more so than in every other part of the UK.
0: Mm. And I think you in a way answer my question because these aren't a lot of things that we're talking about in in modern day politics in Scotland and the associations that people have with the SNP aren't necessarily the SNP the sort of main organisation promoting the independence movement when people associate with and and, and by the way the the two are very much duly associated for a lot of people, when people think of the SNP they're not thinking about these core values that they maybe thought about 10 years ago they're thinking of very controversial stuff, like I don't know. A lot of people are fractured over the the idea of what gender is and how we should legislate it. People are fractured over, you know, the 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 potential of 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 secrecy and and cover up uh, uh, culture that's within the SNP. Whether that's true or not is obviously up for uh-huh. interpretation with the information that we're fed. So people aren't thinking about the very positive messages that you're talking about just there is that why you felt like the intervention of future voices was necessary
1: yeah very much so um I, I, we we thought it's um a different approach uh, it is we haven't had any we haven't seen anybody do this before we've seen uh, short movies made of what life's like in other countries you know small northern european countries you might be aware of a, a series by leslie riddick for example but um, nothing had been done to show what Scotland would look like. And, and we just thought it was crying out to be done. And uh, we didn't sell it directly to political parties. We're selling it to the Yes movement, the independence movement. And the reaction we've had is, is is extraordinarily positive. Now, we're not trying to speak just within the bubble. We have plans to go outside the bubble as well, as effective as, as we possibly can. And they're, you know they're in progress at the moment but yeah the message of hope and and again going back to our principles one of our principles was quite simply you can't put anything in there that's fantasy <laughs> because instantly you lose credibility so everything that's in our eclipse is intended to be and you know it's hard to get these things done perfectly is intended to be realistic in other words it's on the way here in scotland already or it's something that's commonplace in in other small countries of our size so i'd like to think there's very few things within these videos that people could criticize as being ridiculous and ruining the credibility of the the story we're telling this is scotland as it definitely can be
0: (laughs) well let's go to the videos let's go to the content you speak i think there's a clip on what scottish democracy would look like there's a clip about what scottish communities would look like and there's a clip about what scottish prosperity would look like um we'll start with the in, in reverse order you, you said you you didn't want to talk about sort of fantasy ideas you know i'm assuming you put a lot of thinking and work into what you know what we're envisaging when we see an independent scotland and you're not just you know it's it's not just sound bites it's very real projections uh, however, that I picked up on a couple of things that might that could be called into question. The the video on prosperity opens with the line, "I never thought I'd be ha- uh be unhappy to pay more tax." Is that a realistic vision? Do you think that <laughs> uh, you know pe people you know our Scottish people really like our Nordic neighbors in that we'd be happy to pay more tax? So do you think the the short term real troubles that people have would probably override that that sort of vision, if you like? Do you know what? Uh, Ines, i'm really glad you picked up on our hook <laughs> <laughs> let
1: me let me let me take you back to um when we started the group because i think this is going to go a long way to answering um the, the, the what, what you want to know in these three clips or all of them actually yeah so we didn't just sit down in a room the five or six of us and think right what's future scotland look like because stopped us to say so we organized polling um online and in person and we spoke to people um You know uncommitted people as well as people in the movement and we asked them the question let's imagine you're now living in an independent scotland what's life look like to you and we put together we must have ended up we we also did a little bit of research because there's been some written work done in this there's been a tremendous book called sorted written by commonweal and imagine a country by val mcdermott are they, they, they were both good sources of you know the the big picture of what Scotland might look like so we took a few points out of those we ended up with something like well over 400 responses to what future Scotland would look like and there was a hell of an amount of commonality between them and links between them and um you know basically people looking for a fairer society a society where everybody paid their share a society with um care for people at a much higher level than it, it seems to be in the current Westminster model, and we actually had difficulty because the, 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 when we we had these four hundred ideas, we talked about them, we distilled them down into twelve big themes, and eventually seven big themes. So within the theme of democracy, you know, we're we're trying to cover in uh, two minutes <laughs> a huge amount of um, material we had to actually cram in there and we had quite a bit of uh, discussion at times over well which is best placed in democracy which is best placed in community which is best placed in 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 the health and happiness one and that's why people have commented that they can see threads running through all seven of the clips and well there are because they all come from the same source material so we didn't we didn't start with right what what headings will we use we started with this um let's call it a big pile (laughs) of input material and the themes really drove themselves that these are the things that people cared about
0: sure um but part of that is you know providing a realistic vision of what an economy in scotland could look like that was i mean certainly with regards to the prosperity video yeah uh, because i picked up on another thing um, that was said wages are higher so we pay more in tax but there's still money in our pockets is that not all relative does that does those those economics do they add up what, what was the thinking behind that
1: well the, th- the thing again it's based on experience in other countries you know we we have employers here who still aren't paying the realistic living wage that's actually law in other countries the experience from other countries is that paying people a realistic living wage and beyond increases tax take <laughs> you know so we're, we're not we're not economists but we're certainly we certainly don't think the statement we've made there is is without is is, is not evidence based on, on what happens elsewhere. We can get, get into a bit of rut, a bit of a rut in our thinking here in, in the current UK by what we're told in the press all the time. Uh, and without getting too political over this, that the, the, the press basically all comes from one angle. And it isn't coming from the angle of people who want more social justice. <laughs> It's coming from the ankle of people who want bigger profits and smaller taxes. So, sound as as a voice that's saying something different. It it does stand out, yeah. But it, again, yeah. it's not it's not something that's not happening elsewhere.
0: For sure. I, I, I one thing I picked up on what you said there was I, I need to be a- apolitical when you're when you're doing these videos. And uh, one problem I mentioned uh, within the independence movement is the dual association with the SNP. So one of the big themes in the video for community, for example, was localized decision making and how that benefits uh, local could benefit local communities across Scotland. But one criticism that people have of the SNP is that if they were to take in charge of an independent scotland what you could see is a very centralized state albeit a smaller state and um, you can see that in patterns and maids, um for example in terms of how they want to deal with healthcare and transform social care and in, in, in that they're answerable to ministers and further centralization decisions of those kinds yeah. so how do you how do you split up that dissociation how 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 do we re- recapture the movement outside the prism of just the SNP?
1: Well, I think what we were seeking to do was not uh, put a model out there to try and necessarily influence particular parties in particular directions. Obviously, the SNP are the mechanism for getting independence. Politically, they are the, let's call it, let's call it the political wing, the the principal component of the political wing of the independence movement. We're not what we're trying to do is put in the, the head of the citizens of Scotland what that could look like now without being glib, we know that politicians will respond to what the market wants you know and that's maybe a a, a glib romantic view. if you get the idea in the population's head that you know smaller councils with more local powers like 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 in, like we have the biggest councils in Europe. In the UK, you know, we, our councils cater for hundreds of thousands of people. In Europe, and Germany, I think the average council size is maybe it was eight, nine thousand. So the localization is something that came across extraordinarily strongly in the feedback we got. So what we're what we're trying to do is not argue through the case for localization in that particular um, topic. What we're saying, you know, what, what our videos are saying, is that you know. I guess this is something that would be attractive in a future Scotland to people and from, from from the feedback we've had. So it's in there for that reason. I'm not pretending for a second there wouldn't be a challenge in getting from where we are now to there, but that's the Scotland that people aspire to live in. And you'd have to say, I guess, if, 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 if politicians ignore the aspirations of their support, then... Um, that's a dangerous pathway to
0: the trade. absolutely. Uh, what I think uh, the you know two strong themes that were in the videos, certainly, I think were the strongest arguments around the time of independence were uh, the democracy argument, mm-hmm. the, the fact that our governing body will be more accountable and representative of the views of the people. I think you know that very notion is is indisputable uh, in a way. further centralization, of a, an institution that's further away from us, uh, encompassing people that don't share the same political views towards us, I think that's an undeniable notion. I think that's that was one argument that was very strong pre twenty fourteen, and another one, um, is is the, the the will for Scotland to be a small, uh, independent nation in, in Europe, uh, you know, within the European Union and the strong yeah. links that and and ties that we could have with the with the rest of the continent, yeah. I, I'm wondering your opinion because obviously you have f- plans to reach out outside the bubble, uh, uh, as you put it. Um, uh, the bubble being the independence movement, yeah. because these these arguments, although strong, have only got got an independence movement so far. You know, we had forty five percent in in twenty fourteen, and that you know that's raised to a- around fifty fifty. What else do you think is needed to, to get over the line for independence?
1: Well, you know, within the within the not-too-distant past, the support was measured up, getting very close to the 60% that seems to be some kind of magical trigger. I think during the COVID epidemic, it, it was high up in the high 50s. So we're not very far away. And what polls are showing is that where the SNP support fluctuates up and down considerably support for independence never drops below 50 50. so it's it's you know you've you spoke earlier about the dangers of or the the the, the conflation of the snp with independence and i i don't necessarily see that uh, and i mean again i'm not politically involved with any party i'm heavily involved in the independence movement and from feedback from organizations in the independence movement with with a lot of credibility. It's comforting to hear that the current SNP administration is taking on board all the messages about wellbeing economy, returning to Europe, and so on and so forth that, that, as I said to you earlier, this is what the public wants to hear. This is the Scotland that people want. So the fact that the SNP are coming round on the side of what the yes movement are talking about, the broader yes movement, has got to be encouraging. And if the messages start coming out more strongly, people will hear those. Beyond that, we, we obviously have the same challenges that everybody's got um, with getting the message out when um, the mass media don't want to know. Is mean, it was, it was um, I attended the chain of freedom recently that joined up between bowling and and uh, honestly 40 odd thousand people out there on a beautiful day with dramatic images, um, were um, ignored. You know, it was an event, um, which didn't need to be made a political event, didn't need the BBC or ICTV to ignore it, but they did so you know we, we have to be inventive we have to find every possible way we have of getting the message out there and i know the two formidable ladies judith and wilma from inverness who set up the the chain of freedom are, are looking at other options for that as well so there's a growing will to participate in these things and I, I i do think there's a growing realization that hang on our voice is just not being heard here and uh but that'll inspire more people to do more things and perhaps make a louder noise
0: Well, it's been a pleasure having you today, Ian, uh, and to speak about the project It's very exciting. Uh, Do you have any more messages for our viewers? How can they they get the links? How can they uh, further the cause, Uh, things like that?
1: Well, we have, uh, as you've already mentioned, a YouTube channel at Future Voices Scotland. Um, Our clips at the moment, because of the funding we could get, the people we could get, and so on, uh, are all pretty much central belt based, and uh, we want to do more than that. So um, we plan in the next phase to go to the, the, the <laughs> I nearly said corners of Scotland, but much further afield than the central belt and speak to people there about what their views are of a future Scotland and take that on board and hopefully extend that to another series, um, talking more about the full width and, and, and breadth of Scotland. Nice one. Thanks, Ian. Thank you very much, Ennis.